Well, I have been praying and asking God and seeking God for what he has for us today. And remember, everything first comes to the person who's speaking, so he's been dealing with me all week. So I am thankful for that. We're still in Servant King, the Servant King series, and we're studying the book of Mark. And I know Greg prayed, but I just need to go to the Father. I, you know, I go to him for myself as well. And not that the pastor prayer is not good, because trust me, his prayers is always good. Um, but it's just an act of will of surrendering myself to God. Um, so just bow your heads one more minute, please. Father God, as I yield myself to you, and I agree with what pastor prayed, I just totally yield myself to you and your Holy Spirit. And I just pray, Lord, that your anointing fall on this place. I ask that in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you bring the fire that only you can, and we will bring the sacrifice. I pray that in Jesus' name. So be it. Our text is going to be Mark chapter 12, verse 38 through 44. I've titled this message, All In. All In. For those of you who I haven't had the privilege of meeting, my name is Pelzetta McCormick. Some said Poinsetta, but it's Pelzetta. Um, and I'm actually the administrator here for LifeSpring, but I'm also the, the women's ministry pastor. Um, most of all, I'm just a daughter of the king. I just love God. And my heart is just to serve God and to do what he's calling me to do. And you know, that is my passion and my desire. And my desire for the women is for us to live, and this is not a women's pastor message, so let's get that out of the way. Um, but my desire is, and passion is that we as women and we as saints of God be all in, all in with no half step and no nothing. So when he gave me this message, I was like, okay, God, you're down my alley. This must be for me. Tag, I'm in. And then I was like, then he changed it around, then he changed it around. I said, okay, God. He said, it's not your will, it's my will. So I'm excited to see what God's going to do with us today. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's begin at Mark chapter 12, 38 and 44. Now, we've read this story probably a thousand times. So act like you have never heard it before. Okay? Out like you're a kid and you just never have heard the story before. Can you do that? So throw out what you have heard and come to the table like brand new, like it's brand new, like it's a brand new recipe you've just tasted for the first time, like it's a brand new storybook that you have never heard before and you just want to know about what happened. Can we do that? Okay. I'm starting at verse 38, and Pastor covered two of these scriptures last, uh, the last time he preached, but we have to know why we're here. So I'm reading the Amplified Version because I like to know what words mean, and I like things broken down. Whatever version you read, keep it. Read it. Okay? Because if you're reading your Bible, that's a good thing. If you got a Bible you're not reading, get something that you're going to read. Amen? Amen? So don't get hung up on what version you have. Whatever version you got that you will open daily and read, keep it, read it. All right? Mark chapter 12, verse 38. 
And in the course of his teaching, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to go ahead in long robes and to get greetings in the marketplace, public forums. Verse 39, And have the front seats in the synagogues and the chief couches, place of honors, honor and feasts. Verse 40, Who devour widows' houses to cover it up, make long prayers, they will receive the heavier sentence of condemnation. Verse 41, And he sat down opposite the treasurer and saw how the crowd, the crowd was casting money into the treasury. Many rich people were throwing in large sums. 42, And a widow who was poverty-stricken came and put in two copper mites, the smallest of coins, which together make half of a cent. Half of a cent, keep in mind, is a fraction of a penny. I looked that up because I, you know, I just wanted to know what that was, really. So it's a fraction of a penny. 43, and he called his disciples to him and said to them, truly and surely, I tell you, this widow... She who is poverty-stricken has put in more than all those contributing to the treasury. Verse 44, for they all threw in out of their abundance, but she out of her deep poverty has put in everything that she had, even all she had on which to live. You remember that story? So now I'm going to tell you how the Holy Spirit told it to me after I read it, and then how he broke it down to me even more. When you look back at verse 38, this is Jesus teaching us, telling us this story, right? Which is cool, because why did he pick this story out of, why this particular story about the widow and the, and the rich scribes? He just made a note of that story. Verse 39 and have the front seats in the synagogues and the chief couches places of honor at the feast. Basically, he was saying, be aware of the people that want to be seen. Hello, that applies to us right now. So if you're around people and they want to be seen all the time, and they got to be noticed every time they do something, they got to tell somebody about it. You know, and every time you go somewhere, they got to be seen with the main people or sit in the front. Be aware of that. Watch that. It's for a reason. Adriana's pointing already. All right. So what I'm saying is, if Jesus told us that back then, if he's making a point to tell that in a lesson then, hello, we should pay attention today, right? Nothing's new under the sun. So his word is not dead. It's very much alive, right? So if he's back then telling his disciples, be aware of the people who have to be seen, it says in his word, verse 39, and have the front seats in the synagogue and the chief couches places of honor at feasts. Oh, verse 40, let's not forget, who devour widow houses and cover it up and make long prayers. They will receive heavy, a heavier sentence of condemnation. Condemnation. Oh, wait, let me back up. Devour widows, pray upon. So if you got people that are praying upon widows, well, let's see, maybe that's poor, whatever. 
We need to pay attention and watch that and be aware. Condemnation, con condemnation means they're going to be rebuked, they're going to be reprimanded, and they're going to be blamed. So there's a price for that, right? So that tells me I don't want to do that. So that should tell you you don't want to do that. And he sat down opposite of the treasure and saw how the crowd was casting money into the treasury. Many rich people were throwing in large sum. Now, I was asking the Holy Spirit, I said, okay, we've read this story a thousand times. I read this story. Why did he sit down? What's the big deal? You told us to pay attention. Okay, we're paying attention. I'm paying attention, God. You said, watch the scribes. Watch how we take care of the widows. They're rich. She's poor. I'm paying attention. But then I had to think, why, is Jesus, why did Jesus sit down to watch this? He could have been watching anything. But he's sitting there watching them put the money in the treasury. Why? Don't answer. Just think about that. He could have been watching someone eating. He could have been watching someone who was sick. But he decided to sit down. Let me make sure I got this right. I want to tell you something wrong. And he sat down opposite the treasury and saw how the crowds casting money into the treasury. Many rich people were throwing in large sum. I believe he was sitting down because he was going to teach the disciple an example. He was going to use it later as a teaching tool. I also believe he was sitting there because he already knew who was going to give anyway. He already knew their heart. He knew the posture of their heart. He knew why they were given. He knew what they were going to give. He knew what they had to give, just like he knows us. He knows what we're going to give. He knows why we're going to give. He knows the posture of our hearts when he gives. There's nothing we can hide from God. Right? right? I don't know about you, but I remember back in the day, I used to think, oh, well, I'll just give this a little bit. God won't know. I think that's my phone. <laughs> I used to think, oh, man, you know, I would know. God would know. You know, you play these games with God, but the bottom line is we can't fool God. We think we can but God knows everything. He knows our heart. He knows our posture. We can, we, I could fool Tammy, but I can't fool God. Right? He knows our posture. Just bear with me. It's going to get better. He, meaning Jesus, sat and watched the crowd as they were giving. He saw who gave and how and what they gave. Why was he watching? He was going to later talk to the disciples about it. For example, 42, he says, And the widow who was poverty-stricken gave and put in two copper mites, the smallest of the coins, which together make half of a cent, which is a fraction of a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said, See, I told you he was going to do a teaching segment here. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly and surely, I tell you, this widow... She who is poverty-stricken has put in more than all those contributing to the treasury, for they all threw out of their abundance. But she, out of her deep poverty, has put in everything that she had, even all she had on which to live. 
This is actually a widow's mite. I'm going to pass it around. So you all pass it around. This is actually a widow's mite, what she put in treasury. No, this is not what she actually did. Let me be clarified. This is an example of it. Now, the two in here equals one penny. So you figure she had these two smalls that would equal this big penny, but she actually put in that one. Can you pass that around? That's the widow's mite. But what I want to bring to your attention, we got, and follow me very close, we've got the rich scribes who everybody, they want everybody to see what they do. Okay, I feel my help coming now. The rich scribes, everybody sees what they do. They are public figures. They don't do nothing unless they're seen. All right? They make public appearance for everything, even sitting on couches. Come on now. All right? So when they gave their money, if you notice in the text, they didn't just lay their money in there. They threw their money in there. Why do you think they threw their money in there? It made loud noises. So if you drop your money in there, it sounds like you give an abundance, right? Think about it. Hear the sound. Clink, 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 clink. That's large corns. It could have been abundance. It could have just made a lot of noise. Could you imagine this woman who's a widow who has just those little mites, that two little mites, that's a fraction of a penny, having to be, having to walk up after rich scribes. She don't have nothing, people. This is her livelihood. That doesn't mean she has a savings account, 401B. That doesn't mean she's got a retirement plan. This is it. But she's got these rich cats, everybody know. Come on now. Famous, probably famous in their time. Who knows? Everybody know them. They do everything for fame, scene, whatever. And here's this widow has to walk up to this treasury box and put in two little mites that's a fraction of a penny that probably didn't make any noise. I would think she would probably, you think she would be intimidated? You think that would be fearful? I think, gosh, she had the courage to even walk up there because some people would say, I, I can't go up there. I'm not good enough. Come on now. Some of you would say, I don't, I, I'm not in that class. I can't do that. I don't have enough to sew up in that treasury box, so I'm just going to keep my little mites to myself. Come on, we don't want to say that, but we do that. My little $5 won't be enough to match that $1,000. But that widow didn't care. That widow said, hey, I'm all in. I don't care about the rich people up there. She walked up to that treasure box, dropped it in, and it probably didn't even make a sound. But Jesus watched her. He paid attention. It may not sound like all those other coins. And she may, nobody else may not ever have seen her, but Jesus saw her. Jesus heard those coins, probably nobody else did. But he seen her. But more than he seen her, he saw her heart. But he also saw those rich cats' hearts, too. See, see are, you, are you following me here? It's not what you got. It's not what you don't have. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. 
So as you pass those mites around, that mites around, imagine if we went to work all day and somebody gave us a fraction of a penny, we would have a riot up in here. Come on now, you get your check and somebody said you got a fraction of a penny, we would have to have prayer meetings 24 seven. We sound like we're barely laughing, but I don't know about you, but I would be too through. Somebody's going to have to get somebody to tell me where my money was. And I guarantee you, y'all looking all cool, but somebody's going to tell you where your money is. A fraction of a penny. But that's all she had. That's her livelihood. And we have thousands of dollars. But we can't give God that. And sometimes we do, and sometimes we don't. But this woman, why would she give it? I said to God, I said to the Holy Spirit, why did the widow give that? Was she intimidated and she just felt pressure because people was walking to the treasury box? You know, sometimes we do things because we feel pressured. Oh, everybody's doing it. I guess I just better go up here and drop something in this box because everybody's looking. Lord. Gloria's looking, let me go on up here and drop this money in here too. And this check's gonna bounce, but I'm gonna drop the money in there because, you know, Gloria's watching me. You know, she got them spiritual eyes. You know what I'm saying? But that's what we do. We do something because somebody else did it. There's the heart again. You know what I'm saying? Why did she do it? Why did she give her livelihood? Think about that. Why would anybody give God their livelihood? Was she intimidated? Did she do it because everybody else did it? Was it peer pressure? Did she serve God because uh, somebody said serve God? Did she come to church because somebody said you should go to church, so I'm just going to pick one on the corner. There's one on every corner. Okay, so I'm going to go to this church today. I'll go to that church next week because I'm on the corner. I just got to make my church corner quota because somebody said you need to go. Why? Why did this woman give her all? I'm going to tell you why I believe she gave her all. Somewhere I believe, and this is Palzetta, I believe she understood what it meant to be all in. I believe that she heard Jesus speaking somewhere in that village town, and I believe that she heard his word. I believe that word was living water. I believe that that word became so alive in her that she was like, you know what? There's something to this. I believe that she started listening to God's word, that that word became alive in her spirit. I believe that as, she, as it became alive, that she started having an intimate relationship with Christ. I believe that as she began to have an intimate relationship with Christ, something started changing on the inside. That's what I believe. I believe she stopped looking at her circumstances and started looking at God. I believe she stopped looking at those mites and started saying, you know what, God? This ain't about what I got, but this is about where I'm going. That's what I believe. I believe she looked at Hebrews or she heard somebody say Hebrews 11, where it says, now faith is assurance, the confirmation. <laughs> now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see. 
and the conviction of the reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Now, let me tell you something. Confirmation, the title deed. Do you all have a title of anything in here? A title means you own it, people. Nobody can't take what you got a title for. Oh, see, y'all don't hear me. You don't understand. When you got a title to something, nobody can't take that from you. Oh, see, y'all not getting this. Y'all gonna have, y'all, I'm gonna read it again. See, Lord, we're going to have to have some help here. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. See, I believe that widow heard she had a title somewhere. So those mites didn't mean nothing to her. That fraction of a pity didn't mean that because she knew she had a title deed. Okay, but get this. The title deed of things we hope for. See, she hoped that she had a title deed. But get this. It was in the spirit realm. She didn't have it in the natural yet, but she trusts God that it was going to be transferred to her. See, y'all not following me. So what the rich man had in the natural, which was just some money, she had more than they had because she had the spiritual and the natural. The natural just didn't show up yet. Okay. Tell you, when it drops on you, you're going to run up out of here. Really, you will when it drops. You're going to run up out of here because when you understand what you have, you'll give it away. Look at Matthew 17. Oh, wait a minute. Back up. Holy Spirit, just remind. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Those rich men can't receive it because it's in their natural senses. All they see is that tangible money. All they see is that if I'm seen by man, it's tangible. I believe that widow didn't care what the people saw. I believe she didn't care what she just had because she was looking. I believe she heard God's word. It became the living water to her, living spirit to her in her soul to where when she received that from God, that it didn't matter what people thought. It didn't matter what people thought. It didn't matter what they did. It didn't matter how they looked at her when she gave to God because she was in the spirit. She saw what she had spiritually. Do you hear me? When you look at what you got spiritually, nothing mattered in your circumstance naturally. So faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So your natural senses don't make any sense. Now, the natural body says, I don't make no good walk around sense. This is where I'm at. This is what it looks like. How can it be any better? That's why we walk in the spirit. Matthew 17 and 20, he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith, that is your lack of firmly relying trust. For truly, I say to you, if you have faith that is living like a grain of mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move from here to yonder place, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. I don't know about you how many mountains you've moved lately, but I got to tell you, I move mountains quite often. I don't move them, but I trust God to move them on my behalf. Let me be clear. I don't physically, let me go. So I don't want nobody to go out and say, Pelzani says she moved a mountain. Let me be clear. I trust God to move mountains for me 
regularly. And you say, how do you do that? I go into the spirit realm and I make some transfers. Just like your natural bank account. You go make some transfers and some deposits. That's what I do. That's what I do. We'll talk about that another day. See, I believe, see, I believe she decided I'm all in. All in means I give God his all. I give him everything. See, I'm going to talk about everything in a minute. Because when we think everything, we think, oh, God, we got to sacrifice something. But man, I, I'm going to, it's, it's so much more than that. I'm going to share this testimony. I talked to my husband, so he, he gave me permission. I remember, <laughs> Lord Jesus, help us. I remember, and yes, I was crying on God then too, but I didn't understand some things during that time, but God was teaching us. I remember when Greg and I first got married. Lord Jesus, he'll probably say hallelujah, bless Jesus. Um, when we first got married, I remember him working. I think he worked three or four jobs maybe. I'm not sure how many. But he had gotten paid. He got his check. He paid all the bills, except for we did not have food in the house and we did not have fuel in our gas tank. And he had four pennies left from his check. He came home. He sat down. He paid everything, except we had no food and no fuel in the gas tank. We had two weeks to go. He looked in. He put the four pennies that was left. He looked at him in his hand, and he swung him across the room with frustration. Now, as a man, which I'm not, I, would, I was assuming that that was big frustration for him and, of course, worry for me, because what are we going to do for two weeks? There's no food in the house. There's no fuel to go, no gas to go anywhere in the car. So guess what? We didn't call anybody. We didn't call and say, we don't got no food. We don't have no gas. Can you come help me? But what we did was, he was frustration slung, he slung those pennies across the wall, which I wasn't expecting, and he slung them, boy, and them pennies bounced back, and we began to pray, and we just told God of our situation. I don't think it was an hour, maybe two hours later, Teela Charles, our daughter, her godmother, called up and said, now we prayed, you heard that part, right? We didn't call nobody, but we talked to God. About an hour, maybe two hours later, Anne, who was Taylor Charles' godmother, called us up and said, hey, Bill and I went grocery shopping, and I don't know why in the world we bought so much food. We bought so much food, and it doesn't make sense. It's just the two of us. Can we please bring some food over to you guys? Of course, we weren't going to say no. So we said, yes, uh, yeah, that'd be great. Now, mind you, we didn't tell anybody we had no food. Food. Matter of fact, in the cupboard, we had one box of macaroni and cheese. I think we had a thing of hamburger meat, and I think we had some beans. So, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, that sounds like macro, uh, hamburger helper or something I can make up or chili. Something. I'm trying to think, what am I going to do to stretch for two weeks? But only God. Yes. Only God. She comes in the house. I think she had like eight bags. Okay, God is so awesome. He brought us steaks chicken, everything that we wouldn't have been able to afford in the first place had we had extra money, filled our covers for two weeks. Double portion, thank you. And we didn't talk, ha, huh, we didn't talk to anybody but God. Two weeks, and matter of fact, after the two weeks, we still had leftover groceries. 
So I know God as a provider. See, I know God, and I could understand that widow giving her last mites. That same night, remember I told you we had no gas. That same night, <laughs> Greg being frustrated after he threw those four pennies against the wall, Holy Spirit told him to go to church. He was like, what? I don't have any gas, God. And you want me to go to church? It was cold outside. We lived in Fairbanks. I don't even know what the temperature is. He says, cold outside. I don't have no gas, God. Oh, hello. 30 below zero. So he wouldn't let me go because it was cold outside. If the car ran out of gas, he didn't want me out there. So he go, he's obedient, went to church. He comes home. He says, I'm sitting in church, and God told this woman to fill, come, to, come with me. She comes up and said, God told me to fill your car up with gas. Follow me to the gas station. She fills the car up with gas, and the gas lasts two weeks. So I know God can make things stretch. And her name was Pam Rutherford, and she fills it up, and the gas lasts two weeks. Now, in Fairbanks, below zero, 30, you got to let your car run all the time. How did your car gas last two weeks? But it did. I understand the widow. <laughs> I can remember countless times as we trusted God, he took care of us. I remember once we had no meat, and my mother in love said, I went to the fish wheel, and that had got all this fish, and I don't even know. She came on and brought us so much fish, our freezer was stopped. But we never called anybody. We just called God. If you never take anything else from what I said today, I want you to remember this widow. I want you to remember the difference from being rich. I want you to remember the difference. And, and hear this. There's nothing wrong with being rich. I pray all of us are rich. But I pray that we're all rich with the right heart. I pray that you be rich every day. Let me tell you, I pray that prayer for all of us, that we're rich. But I pray when we're rich that we have the right heart. And let me tell you about, thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me tell you what the right heart is. See, our mind and our heart have to be on one accord. See, women, when we have our heart right, sometimes our mind ain't right. Come on now. We jump in it with our heart and then our minds are screwed up and then we get in trouble. Men, you think with your mind and your heart's jacked up. And it ain't working right. But when our hearts and our mind is one accord, we can work that triangle. We can work the triangle that Rob's always talking about. Because then we got the in there, we got the up, the in, and the out. Because the heart and the mind is working together, and God can do what he needs to do in us. See, when our mind and our heart, see, really, it has to be one. Because if it's right and it's in alignment with God's word, we are going to do the right things. See, some of us don't have, some, oh, see, y'all don't know God's talking to you. Some of us do not have the things that we've been asking God for because your heart and your mind is not in alignment with God. That's why he hasn't given it to you. Because you'll be like those scribes. You'll misuse it. And he just told me to tell somebody that. That's why he hasn't given it to you. He said, get your heart and mind in alignment and I'll bless you. But as long as you trust yourself, I won't give it to you because it will draw you away from him. Three things 
to know in order to be all in. To be all in to know. One, all money is not good money. All money is not good money. We say, if we have money, Lord, we'll do this for you. Lord, if you just give me some money. Money, 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 money. All money's not good money, but all money's not bad money either. It goes back to the heart and the mind. Coming in alignment with God. God wants you to have money. You can further, do you know you can reach people with money for God? Did you know that? They say it takes money to make money. It takes money to reach people for God. I would much rather, and let's just be honest, somebody will follow Mitch if Mitch looked like he's got something than Mitch looking like he's toe down. Who's going to follow Mitch if he looks like he's toe down like a bum? Nobody's going to follow Mitch. They'll go follow Junior instead. Right? Okay. Don't believe me. Junior stand up. Mitch stand up. Junior stand up, please. Now pretend in your mind. Mitch is looking at me like I'm going to pick on him, so I'm going to pick on Mitch. <laughs> Mitch is the bum off the street. Junior is the businessman. Not that Mitch is, but Mitch gives me a hard time all the time, so this is my great time to get him back. <laughs> so Mitch is the bum off the street that's smelling everything. Now, who wants to go with Mitch? Junior is the businessman, successful, rich. Which one would y'all go to, honestly? If you... <laughs> I go for the other guy. <laughs> But you see what I'm saying? People perception. Perception. <laughs> Thank you both. What I'm trying to pull it, prove is perception is everything. Mitch is just as well to go to, whether he's a bum on the street or not. Because guess what? He may not have ever, he might have had a six-figure uh, six-figure salary. Just one twist of fate. Took it away. He might have had a corporation that was so big, could have bought Junior out. But your perception is, he's dirty right now, so he's not worth anything. Perception is what people look at, not the heart. But we got to do better. It's a heart issue. Right? So all money is not good money. I can remember keeping our money. I can remember before we was all in, we said, okay, we'll pay this bill, we'll pay this, and gotta understand. Guess what? Doing that sometimes, I remember the furnace broke, car broke, car needed maintenance, ran out of this, ran out of that. We said, but dog, God, didn't have extra to do something with. And we're like, well, why is all these things happening? Then I remember we went back and said, okay, we're gonna pay our tithes, forget this. Pay the ties, money stretch, things didn't break down, food lasted, no extra bills, and guess what? We got checks in the mail. Now, am I, am I going to say that's going to happen to you? I don't know. I'm just saying what happened to us. Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Money, possession, fame, status, or whatever is valued more than the Lord. You got to decide who you're going to serve when you get your money. Decide which one you're going to serve. You're either going to serve the Lord, or you're going to serve mammon. Two. Not to be intimidated 
or enamored by what others possess. Be thankful for what God's given you. Be thankful for what God has blessed you with. Stop comparing yourself to others. Don't say things like, if I had that, I would do this. If God, if you just give me a house like this, then I would have people over. I remember one lady telling me one time, you be thankful for what you got. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. God gave you exactly what you need to do what he told you to do. And if you don't do what he told you to do with what you got, he's not going to give you nothing else. Use it or lose it. Three, God wants your all. God is not asking you to give up everything, but to find and receive everything in him. See, God's not telling you to give up everything. He's just telling you to find and receive everything in him. Guess what? He owns it all anyway. He's just letting you borrow it. He's just letting us borrow it to see how good we're going to be stewards of it. Remember I just talked about that spiritual transfer? Everything we have, he's just transferred it to us anyway. We're just borrowing it. We're even borrowing our kids. When God dropped that on me, I was like, wait, I had them. He said, uh, I let you have them. <laughs> We're borrowing them <laughs> just to see how we do. This is what you need to remember. To, to be all in with God, we have no rights. With no rights, reputation, will, or agenda. It's not our rights. It's not our reputation. It's not our will, nor is it our agenda. It's all God's. Now, with that, I have something that we're going to pass out to you. Each one of you will get a baggie. Who's passing them out? Okay. So there will be this passed out. And we're going to take a minute to do that quickly. And while you have this, this is for you to keep. Now, in this, there is a penny. The penny is to remind you of the widow. Now, of course, we can't, we was going to try and do a fraction of a penny for you, but hello, we didn't do that. Can't, you know, mess up with the money. Um, but that penny is to remind you of the widow. Inside here is a mustard seed. That mustard seed is so tiny, you can barely see it. That's all the faith that God's requiring you to have. And then you see this saying, all in. Remind yourself, are you all in? It only takes the faith of a mustard seed. Remember the widow, she gave all she had. And we're going to watch a video. <laughs> 